interrupts everything. We had a vacuum incident during a oh previous my interview. Oh my god. It was very entertaining. Yes. This is a cool place though. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I get distracted. <laughs> okay, I'll let I you do your that thing. From the last oh, you do? <laughs> I overstimulated. We'll probably talk about that. Okay, as well. yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Welcome to another episode of Comedy Wham Presents with me, your host, Valerie, coming to you from the 2022 Just for Laughs Moon Tower Comedy Festival. My sometime co-host, Miss Purrington, is resting at home. ComedyWham.com is your place to go for features about all Austin comedy. You can keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at ComedyWham or on our ComedyWham Facebook page. In addition to podcasts, ComedyWham brings you articles, album reviews, our new column, Rochelle Takes on Comedy. Have you checked out our events page for live shows in Austin, Houston, and DFW? If you're a comic in those cities and want your show featured on the calendar, go to the events page and click Submit a Show to complete the survey. If you like the survey, send us a quick review and we'll share your review and promo your show on Instagram. Now let's get back to our podcast. With over 200 interviews since its launch in 2016, the podcast is your anthropology lesson in Austin comedy, bringing you funny people and their stories. As a fan, I like to delve into a comic's background and motivations, and we usually take a detour along the way. Consider the interview a way for you to get to know the folks that make the comedy world as fascinating off stage as it is on stage. If you like this podcast, please rate and review us. Today, we are recording live on location at the Driscoll Hotel. Thank you so much to Omnipop for letting us chat with our guests for the second time. Uh, last time we talked was at the 2017 Moon Tower Comedy Festival, and boy, was she racking up the has she been racking up the accomplishments since. Uh, one of the fun facts that I thought I would continue to, to uh, bring to our audience is that she is a trained cellist. She's been on Modern Family, Veep, Comic Unleashed, Comedy Bang Bang, New Girl, and True TV's Fameless. In 2018, she was chosen as a JFL New Face. In 2019, she released her debut album, Sad Lemon, which debuted number one on the iTunes charts. And she also competed in the 2019 Bring the Funny competition, where Jeff Foxworthy described her as the best defined comic voice of the competition. In 2021, she released her special La Vie en Rhodes, taped at the Rose Bowl. And she can be heard on the Netflix series, A Tale Dark and Grim. She just released a beautiful short story about loss titled Lost Socks and Other Lost Things. And gotta admit, that one brought a tear to my eye. It was very, very beautifully written. And now for her second time, please welcome back. Comedy Wham presents our guest, Erica Rhodes. Thank you. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Great to see you again. Yeah, it's five years. Can you I can't it? believe it's been five years. We were saying there's COVID years, though, and that doesn't yeah. really count. Right. So it's really been like three, three. years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've been very busy. I guess. I mean, when you read that, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I've done some stuff. <laughs> you know, like you forget what you've done. Yeah. But to me, the mo to me, the most impressive one was that you read that short story because I feel like I've been veering more and more into writing, and so yeah. when people actually read what I write, I'm like, oh wow, thanks, yeah. that, that means a lot. Yeah, you know? it was, you know, you have been through a lot, not just professionally, but personally yeah. as well, and you know, 
I think anybody listening has been through a lot of things, and not that's not just with those two two years that everybody is just coming out from. That's uh, true. Yeah, yeah. It's and it's kind of fun with writing because it's just so different than comedy, where you can. Mm-hmm. You can just be a dip, you can be kind of more authentic in certain ways. At least I feel I can. Yeah. Um, but but I like doing both now. And actually, without COVID, I probably wouldn't have veered so much into writing. Mm. Well, uh, you were busy during yeah. COVID with, with releasing your special. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which uh, you know, I, I was talking, uh, I was actually talking to your your manager about you know, this time capsule of specials that were taped at the Rose Bowl and how, you know, we're going to look at that 10, 15 years down the road. You know, let's hope there's not another pandemic that throws us into that situation. Um, But how it's going to be a moment in history that we say, look at what we were willing to do to perform and get our, our humor out to the masses. Yeah, I was thinking that with with my special um, because it was challenging, you know, to do it for cars, but yeah. I kind of think it might age in an interesting way, you mm-hmm. know, like in like 20 years it might be like, "Oh, wow, that's something I did." Yeah. You know, I did that. That's like kind <laughs> of and and you know, you it, it will bring you back to that time, mm-hmm. which I think we're already starting to forget, you know, we're already forgetting the emotional implications yeah. and all the things that we felt during the pinnacle of COVID, yeah. you know, we're already like, oh, let's move on, Right. but it just kind of brings you back in time, mm-hmm. so it might be interesting just to see how it ages, yeah. the special. So, two, two years separated, you did... You did your debut album, and then you did a special. So it feels like those are those are big projects to have undertaken. Um, I feel like I can ask you this because I, I feel like you you're really very forthcoming. Which one did you enjoy the process the most for? Well, they were so different mm. that it honestly is so hard to compare them. But what was interesting about the album is I didn't really. In my head, I didn't make a big deal of it. Mm. You know, like in my head, I'm like, I mean, it, it was a big deal, but it didn't feel like so much pressure. And I think I put a lot more pressure on myself for the special. Yeah. So I would say the album I probably enjoyed more because I wasn't really seeing it like, this is a huge deal. Yeah. And the special, I think I was like, I've got to get this right. And I kind of put a lot of pressure on it, you yeah. know, and I only had one show. And the album, I had about five shows to get one. And so the special, there were so many challenges and so many um, obstacles with preparing because it was in the middle of COVID that even though I had fun preparing it, it was stressful. Mm -hmm. And do you let that stress get to you or do you just all... I let it get to me a little bit. I just remember, I mean, I think I I do rise to the occasion, you know, because... um, I ended up doing the road anyway and preparing the material and then I did this house show for like 30 comics oh or gosh. like just yeah it was like 30 people that came or even fewer it might have been like 15 mm-hmm. behind this girl's house the night before the special oh and so glad I did that because I ended up changing the whole order based on that oh, wow. one show because I, I suddenly was like I can't put this at the end uh-huh. it's not going to work. And so that tiny, tiny detail of like just running it for a couple people yeah. helped immensely. So it's like those little things you don't realize really matter when you're preparing for yeah. a big thing. So 
that gets me to this is the moment where I'm going to bring up the fact that before we hit record, I had you re-listen to a little snippet from the time we talked five years ago, (laughs) and I've been re-listening to that episode a couple of times, and maybe it happened just before the snippet I had you listen to, but we were talking about how you, you trust yourself, you learn to trust yourself to be funny, and... You know, that was five years ago, and when you taped that special, you really demonstrated the trust in yourself to change the order up, I mean, at the last minute? Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, there are things I trust about myself more than others, you know, because, mm-hmm. but I think when I get on stage, I tend to trust myself. Um, sometimes I have more insecurity off stage, mm-hmm. which I think is common with comics, you mm-hmm. know, you like trust your comedically but then sometimes you question yourself sure. in other ways but um, but yeah I think making decisions like that I'm, I can trust myself more mm-hmm. the longer I do it the more experience I get and I think that's why you do the road so much because you learn all these little details of don't do you know if you, you're in this situation don't do that and if you're in this situation you know try to figure out the order in that way and yeah. I, you adapt faster I think that's what I've learned watching comics who've been doing it for like 30 years they just change so fast you know like if something's not working they abandon it right away Uh whereas if you haven't been doing it that that long you're like no this is gonna work (laughs) you know like you kind of like stick with it you're like yeah this is gonna work and you don't shift as quickly yeah you're more telling the audience where you want to go as opposed to letting the audience that too yeah where to take the yeah that too yeah yeah I guess that's what you meant by trusting yourself you trust yourself over the audience sometimes which is important yeah so five years ago you were about five years into doing stand-up that's true so now you're good point I'm at I'm at 10 years which is a weird place yeah I think it's a strange place and a lot of comics are like that's the year you're like you kind of either want to give up or (laughs) you know you either want to give up or you like you cross over to a new thing yeah um or you have I mean you have a breakthrough is what I meant yeah but so I'm I feel like I'm at the cusp of that where you know I I get frustrated a lot at this time I feel stuck a lot yeah. and I'm trying to write a new hour and it, it's a long process because I forget that I wrote the first hour in like eight, it took me like eight years to write the first hour and now I'm expecting myself to have another hour in like a year yeah. and it's taking longer than that. So, yeah. But I am doing another album in June wow. so I better have that uh, yeah, that's material the ready. That's around the corner. <laughs> it's really soon. Erica. Thanks for reminding me. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, but I think I'm close, but I, it has a little ways to go. Yeah. I'm sorry that I keep starting every sentence with five years ago. I no, it's interesting. Gonna... I forget that. I forget how time goes, you yeah. know? I had asked you because you actually started as an actor. Yeah. And then you moved into stand-up. And when I asked which did you prefer more you like without missing a beat you said stand up yes and uh before we hit record we were talking about this this story that you wrote and you mentioned how writing really getting into the writing part so now i almost feel like you're you're presented with a choice of three things and which do you like the most oh that's interesting acting writing or stand up um 
You know, that's a very that's a tough question because you don't want to offend the other artists. Yeah, so. I don't. It. What I'm learning is that when I'm writing, I oh feel the most um, at peace. Like, I feel very peaceful when I'm writing. I don't feel that I'm trying to write for somebody, and I'm not trying to write um, with a result in mind. And so what I'm trying to do is, because I I notice that feeling, I'm trying to transfer that feeling onto stage and in, you know, um, not acting. Acting is, I can say acting's not in the running. (laughs) It's not in the running. I mean, I like acting, but it's not something I'm really pursuing you know, in a hardcore way. I think I'm a creator. I think I like creating. I think that would be my answer, actually. Creating? I think I stumbled into it. I like creating material and the creative process of that. And I think sometimes I encounter a bit of a a wall with performing, like, um, and even the word performing, I was doing Greg Fitzsimmons' podcast, and he said even the word performing is not like it's not being it's you're performing and that's what I'm trying to get away from so so the feeling of writing is nice for me because I'm not performing I'm not doing it for someone and so if I can get that into my stand-up I think my stand-up is that's where I'm looking for the breakthrough so that I'm not going for the laugh so much I'm trying to be more real up there you know and kind of stumble I'd like to stumble into laughs you know instead of like like writing for a laugh or going for a laugh or expecting a laugh. I want to get more to a truthful place and I think writing's been helping me because I'm like, oh, this is what it feels to be truthful and now if I can get that onto the stage, I think my stand-up will will get to the same place that my writing is. But I feel very truthful and honest in my writing. Yeah. And, and that's uh, for anybody that hasn't read, and I want to, it's, it's a long time, but I have to get it right, Lost Socks and Other Lost Things, that isn't meant to be a comedic article. Right. Or humor piece. Uh, and so exercising that part of that brain is definitely, I, I see what you mean now when you say, I want to take, you know, the true feelings but stumble into humor and the concept of the lost sock was like that was that and this is I think this is how I I would describe your comedy is like there's a charming wit to it with the reality of you know like five five years ago your your comedy was very based on on dating and you have dating humor in your special and album right but infusing a little bit of that you know sometimes the world is heavy and sad yes and I, you know, now I'm talking about my, you know, my dad passed away and that's in the story too, but um, those are the jokes that I feel most connected to right now, like when I talk about that, because, you know, I feel connected to what happened and yeah. to the emotional state I was in and feeling like it, it's a feeling. Um, and I think sometimes I get in my own way because I'm, because I, I'm a thinker. And so I think I can structure the joke in that way but I think I have to get away from the thinking brain and more into the feeling part of my stand-up create first yeah and then but I'm trying to write more on stage because I think if I write in the moment you know like the things that come out are more just me talking and so but I have but I still have that side where I structure jokes and I write Mm -hmm. a joke but I like the idea of being like more in the moment and it's it's you can see how stand up is um, painful for me. 
I love it. I love it in like a masochistic uh-huh. way. But it is, the process is painful because yeah. you want to get to this real place. But the if the audience isn't laughing, you're not doing, you're, you're not doing your job. So... So how do you balance that is what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. I see people who have been doing, like Mark Marin. you can tell he's not trying to get laughs, you know. He's yeah. done with that. He's going to just be honest and real, uh-huh. and he's going to talk about what's going on in his life. And and I, I think that's more my, you know, and same with like Mike Berbiglia, you know, like mm-hmm. someone like that who it's like um, storytelling and real and yeah. who they are up there. So I'm trying to do, I want to get to that place. Yeah, yeah. Look, I actually want to go back to... Sorry if I'm going on and on no, and on. No, <laughs> uh, One of the things that I really love, because I, I um, have, a, have a special place in my heart for Edith Piaf. Yes. So I want to know the story behind naming your, your album, your special rather, La Via Rhodes. Yeah, you know what's so funny? I feel like you're the only person who's asked me that. Yes. And, and now I just realized, like, how ridiculous. No one's Why asked me. Why would nobody ask you that? I don't know. They, I think they got very distracted by the cars, so they want to ask about the cars uh, all the time. But no one's been like, tell me about the name, which yeah. is something I'm kind of proud of. Um, well, La Vie and Rose is this Edith Piaf yeah. song that's, you know, really romantic yeah. and really beautiful. And I love her. And I like, I love French things, <laughs> you know, I like kind of look up to anything French. Um, and, uh, and then it's just a clever wordplay because it's, it's, it's basically just the life of Rhodes. So it's just my life. Mm-hmm. But then there's the other side of it, which is I think the lyrics are about looking at life through a rose-colored glasses or looking at the, the good side of things or the good side of love or the, yeah. you know. So um, I also had the element in my the back of my head that um, that I'm, because I'm doing a special for cars in the middle of a pandemic, I'm still trying to rise above the situation. I'm trying to look at the best in the situation. Yeah. So there was that element too. And then I had my friend Eva uh, write a song for the end of the special, and she wrote, and it's called "Rose Colored Dreams." And so, and her lyrics are were perfect for it. And um, so, so yeah, so I have all these elements together. Yeah. So yeah, I put a lot of thought into the title actually. And since you have a musical background, I figured of course yeah, there's the musical connection. Yeah, too. And I, I was sort of surprised that so many people haven't heard of the song and didn't know. I'm like, so many people are like, what's the name? What's the name? Covered so many times, even if you don't know the original. It's, yeah, it's almost like over the top done. Like it's in so many movies and like. Yeah. So I thought for sure people would know it. Yeah. No Nobody knows it. It's weird. That is. I mean, not nobody. You do. Yeah. But, but there's a lot of a lot of people that don't know it. Yeah. I, it was so funny because when I uh, we've been posting like flashback uh, Instagram stories from people we've who are back here for 2022 Moon Tower who we interviewed and um, I. I was patting myself on the back because I found La Via Roads or our holes to play as the you know background music and then I crossed out Rose and put Rose oh, and I'm like so oh it's so cool. funny yeah and then I had just completely forgotten because Erica I've been interviewing oh. like eight people over oh the my course, god and I completely it forgot it is totally that was okay the name of your that's totally okay and so when I was reviewing my notes I'm like oh my god I was not witty at all but she was 
so smart. Oh, no, you were. Yeah, you are. <laughs> so then it became, okay, well, you know, she's going to appreciate that I did that. <laughs> of course. Yeah, no, I love that. So, you, so you're saying you happened to do that for something else? For when I created the Instagram story oh. to, you know, remind people that we had talked to you five yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah. And I threw that music in and then crossed out the room. I love that. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Why is that not clever? That's super. That's, that's <laughs> well, I thought it was clever, but I didn't realize. I just. <laughs> <laughs> you've I'm been tired. working hard. I'm yeah, you've been working hard. Festivals are a lot. It's it's very stimulating. I'm actually really happy that you're my like last because I'm like I'm gonna love Erica the way that I loved her five years ago. Aww. And the the funny thing that I remembered from our last time is like when I asked you my future word. Yeah. I could see you looking around, and then we played this game of lampshade elevator as your future oh i forgot that i've got to listen to the whole thing again now you've like piqued my interest because i remember you but i don't remember everything i said you yeah. know where you were you weren't here no, um, no. and I'm we were over to... at a different quiet yeah, different. hotel i like the music though this is yeah, great it's the yeah you could just come here and listen to all the cool classic things. yeah all right well um and no rush. Let's if you want to go a little long, it's okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want you to feel rushed. Um, you are the voice, and I... All right, you're going to educate me. A Tall, Dark, and Grim. Tell me about that. Oh, yeah, that. Tale, Dark, and Grim um, on Netflix. And I play a raven. Oh. And uh, it's basically like the... It's like the dark fairy tale for kids, you know? Yeah. And my character's named Dottie, and she loves like all the gore and guts, and she's like, and so it was a really fun character. Uh-huh. And um, Ron Funches was in it too. He played another Raven, and Scott Adsit. I, I never pronounced his name right. Scott Adsit, uh-huh. and he and he was like the narrator Raven, and both of them were really funny. And then my character's the girl Raven, and just like excited about all the guts and gore. Uh-huh. So and has a crush on the dragon. She's like, "Where's the dragon?" You know. <laughs> I got to do a real character voice, uh-huh. and it was really fun. It yeah. was my first animated show, actually. Ah, because I'm noticing more and more comics getting into the, the animation oh, voice really? acting. Oh, really? Yeah, you would think it would be easier to break into, but it's actually quite competitive, That's, and yeah. I mean, like anything. Yeah. But, um, but so it's yeah. It's nice when I, I do see the comics breaking through into that, because that's yeah. like untapped. That, that business that model will never end there's That's always going to be especially like during covid we recorded oh, yeah. everything from home you know yeah. or from yeah. the studio so yeah. i never actually like met anyone in the cast mm-hmm. in person i just recorded it separate wow. we all recorded separate so it's amazing oh, to see how it comes together after that uh-huh. but it was a really fun project actually yeah. since that was your first uh voice voice work for an animation is that something that you would chase after again versus a traditional acting yeah I mean I I would love to do more I've auditioned for a couple more I haven't gotten anything yet but um but it was I mean it was so much fun and it felt very easy to do and yeah. just I feel like it's perfect for me because my I have a weird voice already so yeah, yeah I'd love to do it and how do you think stand-up lends itself to your ability to be a voice actor? Well, I I think I'm just um, good in the moment, and I can improvise, you mm-hmm. know, and I can make bold choices. And, yeah. 
and go for the laugh. You know, Ron Funches was doing a lot of really funny improv too, and it's just that we, we can we can find the laughs, you know. So, um, and I just think my voice is naturally just kind of a character anyway. So I can, I think I could play young, like I could play kids and things like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can see that. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe five years from now, yeah. get another animated thing. <laughs> Hopefully not that long. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, I did see during COVID you were doing a lot of touring. Not, yes. I'm, I'm not, not saying that in any judgy type way, but I did notice you took advantage of being out on the road as much and understanding that you were working on album and special. Yeah. It's kind of a necessary thing. Yeah, and also I was that. I I was performing for like 20 people at a time, you yeah. know, it's like really small, yeah. or 70 people, but really small crowds during COVID. Yeah. But nobody wanted to perform and I, you know, I think I justified it because I was like, I don't have, I'm not, I don't have a family, you know, like I live alone, I'm not in danger, like I didn't feel I was endangering anyone personal to me, because yeah. I know it was a little controversial when I was, when I was doing it at the peak, but I also was like, you know, I was careful and I just, um, I wasn't performing for that many people, so it felt safe, but but also it was an interesting time when no one else was on the road and I was still kind of doing it because yeah. then people were like things are coming back and I was like I've been doing it this whole time. <laughs> but yeah but I did learn a lot of it was hard it was hard to do that you know because people were in masks and crowds yeah. crowds were pretty somber people were it was kind of tough yeah yeah but I had to prepare for the special, so that's why. Yeah. And people kept dropping out. So, like, one time, they were like, you're the third person we're asking you to do. You know, I was oh like, gosh. three people dropped out. So, yeah. yeah. I think everybody, every comic now has had COVID at least once. You know, they all got it. So now, now it's very safe because everyone's had it. Yeah. yeah. Well, some people get it multiple <laughs> times, and that's like, yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get into the online shows at all? I did. I did some yeah. Zoom. That was at the very beginning. I did a bunch of those. Yeah. And then I got really burnt out and never wanted to do it again. <laughs> the weirdest one that I did was I did a birth, t- no, a reunion for these women who were in, very sweet ladies who were in their 70s. But one of them was a big fan. And they were a small group. And they were all on Zoom. And they were having their reunion. And then she was so excited. She had a, she, she found me. And I did all this like depressing material, and <laughs> I wasn't the right material to do, but that's what I've been working on. And then afterwards, they didn't realize I was still logged on, and they were like, they were they were super nice, but it was like uh-huh. kind of like silent. Uh-huh. And then one of them just goes, "She seemed nice." And then, <laughs> and then another one goes, "Where did you find her?" <laughs> like I was like a stray cat they let in. <laughs> and I and then I was like I I've got to log off this isn't right you know I just knew that I logged off but I was like that was awkward oh my God. they just were confused they were just yeah. a little confused because they didn't they I think it was the combination they were all like quite older and so mm-hmm. they were I could feel they were being maternal they were kind of like worried about me mm-hmm. and then only one of them knew who I was and then the others were just like why is she here and it was just so it was so funny looking at their faces because they were all like. And but then the one fan, she was like really laughing and really. <laughs> the others are, others are kind of like looking at me a little concerned, like concerned moms, you know, like is she okay? Why is she talking at us? <laughs> and another one I did was I did a 
surprise 40th birthday for a friend of a friend. And so they were, and it was a huge family, and they were all on together looking at each other and like saying hi, like, oh, hi, Grandpa, hi, you know, all the kids. Mm-hmm. And then the guy whose birthday it is, who they had surprised him by all being there, said, I have COVID. And he says, I have COVID. And then, and then the wife goes, and we have a stand-up comic. And so now, so now everybody's freaking out that he has COVID. But then I have to come on and now I'm talking to these strangers who have no idea why I'm there. And then I, I'm like, okay, I guess I'll do 15 minutes. And, and they're all like just worried about him. It's his birthday and he has COVID. And this was when they were still scared, you know, really scared. Some people aren't. Some people are fans, and so they think all the, they think other people know who I am. But then they realize yeah. nobody knows who she is, and this is an awkward situation. Yeah. But, I mean, they're all really nice, but it was just like weird timing. Yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's like surprise, and then surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I think those may be some of the funniest stories I've heard out of. Oh the really? Zoom oh, I did. Ev- I mean, I've done everything, every kind of thing. Um, I, hopefully, am I gonna cry? Uh oh. And hopefully, you're not gonna cry. Oh no, we're but gonna we're gonna both cry now. <laughs> how did the the lost sock story come about? As far as. Oh. Um, getting the opportunity to do the writing and then getting it published. Oh, um, that's, yeah, that's an interesting question. Well, I started writing on Medium, like my blogs mm-hmm. um, during COVID. So like I wrote one called Coffee and Men and that did really well. So then I started blogging and I wrote a bunch of those and they were all very first person, um, personal, truthful stories. Mm-hmm. And then the Lost Socks one was actually, I when my dad was dying, uh, or after he died, I was home visiting my mom, and I was there for like a month, and I just started writing, and I was thinking I was going to write a book, and I wrote like 70 pages, and then I was like, what is this? I was like, I don't know what this is, and then I realized this is a short story. This isn't a book. It's a short story, so I wheedled it down to like seven pages after 70 pages, and I was like, I think this is a short story where I'm comparing the loss of a relationship and the loss of my dad in like a very short kind of I don't I don't know what you would descri- how you describe what it is but yeah. it just felt more like um, I don't know it didn't feel like it was meant to be that long mm-hmm. and so um, so yeah so I ended up just making it a short story and then I sat on it for a while and I showed it to my uncle who's a writer and he liked it and he gave me some feedback and then I and then I did some edits and then I submitted it to me to the New Yorker and they didn't respond <laughs> and I submitted it to the Atlantic they didn't respond and so then I wrote on Twitter actually does anyone know have advice because I was just sitting on it and I was yeah. like I'd like to put it out there you know I don't know what to do with it I don't know yeah. much about short story uh, publishing places um, and so I said does anyone know where I can publish a short story and somebody wrote to me and then recommended Pipeline and this woman read it like the next day and she's like I love this I connected so much to it and she has this website and she, she published published it and and it was like happened instantaneously after I just wrote on Twitter does anyone know yeah. somebody wow. and and yeah it's not like it's not the New Yorker but I still feel like it's a really nice like they make the layout look really nice yeah. and people they get a lot of traffic and and I really liked the woman who's I think she's a writer herself and supports a lot of female artists and uh, so yeah it just all happened really fast yeah. once I 
I guess you can just do that sometimes. You can be like, does anyone know someone who would just publish a short story? And so then I, because I felt like because it's a little fictionalized, I didn't want to put it on medium. Medium feels very um, uh, truthful. I don't know, more bloggy to me, like a more like a blog. Yeah. So I'm keeping those separate, like since it's slightly fictionalized. Do you think you'd still want to write a book at some point? I would really like to write yeah. a book. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what it's going to be. Yeah. And it feels so intimidating. Yeah. You know, but I, I've sat down and tried. I think I just have to figure out what it is. I have to see, I have to like see it, you know, yeah. like picture what it is. But I think that is a goal of mine. In five years, I'm going to write a book. That's what I should say. There we go. Five years from now, we're going to sit down at Moon Tower, and I'll be like, I wrote a book. Yay. Okay. That's a goal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That is a goal. Do you write, too? Well, I write the art- some of the articles that go with our Oh, yeah, of course. Episodes. Yeah, of course you're a writer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually, okay. I hate yes. doing this. No, but. <laughs> I asked. Um, I was asked... Comedy Wham was asked to write an article in the Austin Chronicle, which is like the LA Current, oh, wow. to recommend big names and five Austin acts to see at Moon Tower. Oh, that's awesome! It's printed on a, you know, one page of the. That's so arts cool. Newspaper. So did you do it this time? Yeah, I was asked. This oh was my the first gosh! Time asked. Congratulations. Yeah. See, <laughs> you're a writer. That's amazing. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, you Congratulations. Know, it's cool. It's yeah. cool to be recognized by them that yeah. you know, we're contributing and we see what's happening in the comedy scene. And, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Then you can just say, yes, I'm a writer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really, really hard not to qualify it. I know. I do the, sa- I do the same thing when I'm like, am, am I a writer? I've written blogs. Does that count? You yeah. know? But I think. It's I think on the internet. Can. Is it really real? I know. Yeah, that's what I have trouble knowing anymore. <laughs> but that's all there is anymore. Yeah. So it has to be real. Yeah. It's real. Yeah. I mean, stand-up is real even though a room full of 60 to 500 people, you know, sighed and then yeah. they vanished into the night. Exactly. It still, it still, still happens. Yeah. I was thinking about that the other day. I was thinking, you know, how some comics are so big now they're doing stadiums and things like that. Yeah. Like, you know, Tom Segura or whatever and... Um, I have friends who open for them and stuff like that. And I was just thinking, isn't it interesting how even if you bomb for like 60,000 people, it still doesn't really matter. Like, it's not like anyone's going to know. Like, no one's going to be like, oh, did you hear? It's just just interesting how like even like you you put so much pressure to do well all the time. But then you think if someone bombed in, you know, at... At um, the stadium, some stadium tonight. I no, but we're not gonna hear about it. Yeah. You're not gonna be like, did you hear? Yeah. Just so there is kind of like a safety in that mm-hmm. with comedy, where yeah. unless you're maybe like super, super famous, like if you're Chappelle, but he's never gonna bomb. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> it's never happened yet. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything we haven't covered that you want people to know about you? Um. I didn't spend a lot of any time asking you about the competition, though. Oh, that's okay. I the funny. It was, I feel like it was a couple years ago now, so. Yeah, it was. Um, 2019. I don't know. I mean, I guess you. I guess we could just say that I'm going to be doing my next album in June at Acme, so that's exciting. Where is Acme? Acme's is that in Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota. Oh. Yeah. So nice. I'm excited about it. It's one of my favorite clubs, yeah. Acme. 
so um, so I'm excited about that and I don't know what else is going on really besides just the road you know I'm just kind of like pounding the road and and um, yeah and you know yeah trying to write my own trying to write my own show or film I'm working on a film with a friend so neat yeah so everything's pretty much about my dead dad now <laughs> Pretty much all my material, like my my stand up, my blogging, and the movie are all about my dad. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm, I'm trying to do the, the timeline, and uh, I think if we were talking in April of 2017, I lost mine in June. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. Well, you know, we're in that club, and yeah. ev- eventually everybody's in that that club. I know. Dad, so. It's true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. You do connect more now to people who've lost a parent because you kind of think, "Oh, I, I didn't know anything before," yeah, you know, yeah. about what that's like. Right, right. And you have this weird um, illusion of permanency with your parents. I think it's kind of unless you know someone. I have friends who did unfortunately lose parents very young. That's different, but. As you get older, you just think, oh, they're always going to be around. Yeah. Like, I don't understand, you know, even as they age, you just don't really, can't quite fathom it until it happens. Yeah. I'm going to start crying now. Oh, so sorry. That was my goal. I was like, wait, we didn't cry earlier, so why are <laughs> we got to cry now. at the end? <laughs> Go out strong. <laughs> Do you know I have a hard time crying on cue, like when I did acting school? Oh, yeah. That's when I realized, like, I oh, comedy's more my thing. Because crying, I found it so hard to, to access that emotion. Yeah. And that's what I realized. Comics, like, are, we all push down that emotion, you know? <laughs> A lot yeah. of the time. Yeah. I yeah, it's hard. It's hard to cry on cue. <laughs> all right. Well, let's do a little bit of a way back. Okay. Back to that 2017. And one of my things is I ask a, a what is one word to describe your past and then your future at the end, and I'll revisit with you. Your past word five years ago was experimental. Oh. Your future word was productive. Oh. If you want to change your password, you can, but the past, you know, is always the past. Yeah. But I do like to ask for how you feel about the future word. Future word? Um... What's my future? Productive? It was productive. Yeah, I think I'd like a different future word. <laughs> no! Yeah. <laughs> Are you saying that, like, I have to say whether it was accurate, or...? Oh, wait, that would be fun. You could tell me. I mean, I could see yeah. it on paper. Yeah, I guess I've been productive. Yeah. More, more productive than I realized. I, yeah. I feel like I procrastinate a lot. And I, <laughs> but, yeah, those are good. I think those are good words. Yeah. They're a little bit literal, you know? Yeah. Little on the nose. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you want to look at your think about one word for the future? For the do we future? want to talk about the lampshade or whatever you see looking around? Is that what I did last time? I looked at things <laughs> and I just said random words. Yeah, because you were you were you had a hard time thinking about what word you wanted to settle on. Oh, really? And it became this whole game. Huh. <laughs> I think I'd like um, like authenticity to be a word for the future like to find what that I'd like to find what that means to me yeah what authentic authenticity is that's great I think we should all strive for that yeah I think so too 
and, and it's more internal. Pr- productive feels very external to me. Mm-hmm. Feels very like I'm, I need to get things. Yeah. And authenticity feels more like I'm going inward more. Yeah. And I think as we age, we reflect a little bit more on things. And yeah. We're at this 10-ish year mark of, of being a comic, and, you know, you can be more... Reflective. Yeah, I'm looking more. I'm looking more for answers inside than like on the like when you said, oh, it's on paper, it looks productive. But I think the, not to sound cheesy again, but the work is like more internal that I have to do now. That's what it feels like. More internal, more internal battles that I have to fight, <laughs> or stop yeah. fighting. I don't know. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's that too. There's that too. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, that is a wrap on Comedy Presents Erica Aww. Rhodes Volume 2. Wonderful. Hopefully we don't have to wait five years. No, maybe five. next maybe next time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, tell us where we can find you on social media and promote your projects. Um, I'm just at Erica Rhodes on Twitter and Erica Rhodes Instagram. And then my website, which I still need to update, is ericarhodescomedy.com. <laughs> And, and I do want to say, I actually give you credit for being one of those Twitter accounts that is always so positive and Aww. encouraging, and you answer everyone. And, Aww, that's you know, so nice. I know, it's pretty toxic. As a cesspool <laughs> of the, the world, and you are yeah. always so positive. Oh, that means a lot. Thank you. <laughs> Even when people are trying to troll you. I know, some like, people can be mean randomly. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. So, I don't take the bait. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Thank <that>. you. <laughs> We hope you've enjoyed learning about how Erica got to be the comedic genius that you heard today, just as much as I am. Not sure about that. (laughs) This has been Comedy Wham Presents Erica Rhodes. I'm Valerie, and that's been funny. Thanks again, Erica. Thank you so much, Valerie. (laughs) 